It used to be that when a parent needed advice for parenting, they went to a trusted and seasoned family member, like a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle, even if the child had behavioral problems. And if that didn't help, then the parent usually went to their pastor or clergy. But today we see that behavioral issues are viewed many times as clinical issues. And this has given birth to what many refer to as the mental health industrial complex. Today we'll be speaking with licensed therapist John Roseman, and he'll help us think through what modern mental health has become and the role it should or shouldn't play in your family's well-being. That's next on Licensed to Parent. Hi, I'm Michelle Hill, and I'm glad you've joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long, Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host, Trace Embry, is the founder and director of Shepherds Hill, and also the author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. Our goal, Unlicensed to Parent, is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherds Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. You know, Trace, you see so many kids coming here to Shepherd's Hill Academy, and they arrive on any number of medications prescribed by mental health professionals. And some of these meds, well, they're actually designed to counteract the side effects of other ones. So how is it that the overwhelming majority of the same kids are leaving Shepherd's Hill Academy med-free? Well, if you read all the attacks that Shepherd's Hill Academy and I get from the woke crowd or the LGBT crowd or any number of the new atheists, uh, we're all just a bunch of Bible-thumping, knuckle-dragging Neanderthals who've been extremely lucky, I guess. Uh, of course, I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding about the attacks we get. I mean, there are a lot of people who just can't stand the thought of Jesus Christ actually being who and what he claims to be. And though I, need, uh, I, I would need the rest of the program to adequately explain it all, uh, just let me say this. At Shepherd's Hill Academy, we do understand some things about mental health and behavioral health that unfortunately many mental health professionals have either forgotten, marginalized, or simply haven't taken into consideration at all. And what they too often marginalize is the spiritual element to human health. Many seem to have reduced human beings down to a mere mix of elements and chemicals. And yet, despite all the slander from evil people with axes to grind, Shepherd's Hill Academy is a CARF-accredited program in school. And that's as clinical, uh, professional, and accountable as any program or school in the world. But we didn't need to be CARF-accredited to get the success we experienced. We actually chose to be because we wanted to give these God-haters on the Internet proof from an independent agency that their slander is nothing but a bunch of unfounded hogwash. CARF accreditation is an objective validation that nobody can argue with, not even the so-called woke crowd, uh, because you don't get CARF accredited, which is not a faith-based entity by any means, unless you're a world-class entity. CARF, which is an acronym for the Commission on Accreditation of Rehabilitation Facilities, is sort of like the good housekeeping seal for residential programs in schools. Today's guest has actually been here to see what goes on at Shepherd's Hill, uh, but he's also very leery of what he sees going on in his own mm -hmm. profession because so much of what's happening in the field of mental health these days is failing miserably when held up to the light of science and logic, objective truth, and what used to be called common sense. 
Today, we have John Rosemond with us on Licensed to Parent. John is a family psychologist, best-selling author, popular speaker on parenting issues. He is a husband to his wife for 55 years. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. A father to two successful adults and a grandfather to seven well-behaved grandchildren. (laughs) John's goal is to help you parent with love and leadership and to raise responsible adults. John, welcome to Licensed to Parent. Well, thank you very much, Michelle and Trace, for inviting me on once again, and it's always a pleasure and an honor. Well, it's certainly a pleasure to have you. John, you're a licensed therapist, and yet you don't seem to have a lot of use for the very industry you represent. Mm -hmm. Have I overstated that? No, actually, you've understated it. You know, (laughs) therapist is kind of a generic term, but um, (laughs) Michelle had it right. I'm a family psychologist licensed by the state of North Carolina. And uh, no, I don't. Uh, I don't have a lot of truck with uh, the people in my profession. Um, I began to fall out of uh, grace with them in the uh, 1980s, and have just been uh, falling further and further out of their graces ever since. And and uh, to tell you the truth, it doesn't bother me at all that. Uh, they have tried to take my license away three times unsuccessfully, oh, wow. uh, thanks to good lawyers mm. and uh, and good laws and uh, and the Constitution. Um, but yeah, you pretty well nailed it. I mean, I don't I don't agree. People say, well, you don't agree with some of the things that your colleagues say, and I I come back and say, no, I don't agree with anything that they say. It um, psychology is the most atheistic profession in America, possibly on the planet, and um, you cannot understand human beings properly from a atheistic perspective, period. Okay, John, help us understand why would they want to take your license away? They don't like what I say. They refuse to admit or have refused in the past to admit that I have a First Amendment right to uh, disagree with their theories and their practices. Would you liken your situation with uh, modern mental health professionals um, as being similar to what some of the, uh, the, the the doctors who oppose the COVID shots or the masks and all that stuff, uh, where you know you're, you're in the minority, uh, I'm in the minority, they are in the minority, um, and people s- s- tend to follow the herd like lemmings? Uh, would you? compare yourself with that situation? Well, it's very similar. I mean, these physicians are who are opposed to the vaccines and are raising serious, valid, research-based questions concerning uh, the virus, the vaccines, and the other treatments, the mask mandates, the distancing, and so on and so forth, um, are speaking what they believe to be truth and I am speaking what I am convinced is truth. And the truth is that uh, the mental health professions in America, especially when it comes to children, which is my stock in trade, they don't know what they're talking about. And uh, they've reduced themselves down to a test, diagnose, and uh, medicate paradigm. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's no good research whatsoever that indicates that their treatment model is uh, beneficial to children, is helping children in the long run, is helping families. 
And uh, my contention is that it all goes back to the fact that we radically in America, unthinkingly, you said follow the herd. We followed the herd in the early 1970s, and we radically overhauled our parenting practices. And uh, we fixed something, put the word fixed in quotes, that wasn't broken, and we are paying a terrible price for that. Yeah. Well, is this, you think this has something to do with the fact that, you know, prior to the 70s, even the 60s, we started adopting this postmodern thought where emotions started to kind of dominate over, over uh, facts, and we've, we kind of lost our ability to think critically, and has that kind of bled over into uh, a bunch of people, and not just doctors and mental health professionals, but lawyers and and uh, legislators and, and educators uh, into this um, this mamby pamby uh, you know emotion driven uh, mentality uh, of postmodern thought. Well, yeah, I mean, one of the things that happened in that paradigm shift in the early 70s, it was late 60s, early 70s, when it came to the raising of children, Trace, um, was that we uh, began to emphasize the supposed importance of the child's feeling state and ascribe validity to it. And so good parenting became implicitly defined as uh, properly understanding your child's feelings, uh, being properly being able to properly talk to him about his feelings, and properly understanding, translating his feelings. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I talk to people my age, and as I travel the country as a public speaker, I take polls in various demographics, and one of the questions that I ask people my age, and before I say this to our audience, I need to point out that uh, the mental health of children raised in the 1950s, the decade during which I was raised, is statistically provable, verifiably, 10 times better than the mental health of children today. 10 times better. And I ask people my age, raised in the 50s, did your parents ever have a conversation with you about your feelings? <laughs> and the stock instant knee-jerk reaction is a burst of laughter, followed by my parents weren't that interested in my feelings, John. Well, isn't that amazing? I mean, it's, it's almost like, <laughs> you know, admitting the equivalent, the psychological equivalent to admitting to racism or something. Right, when, when well, people, right. Uh, when today's parents hear something like that, oh, oh, how terrible. The parents weren't interested in their children's feelings. Excuse me, the Bible says that children are feeling-driven. That's what it means when it says in Proverbs twenty-two fifteen, foolishness is bound in the heart of the child. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't say... A lot of conversation about the foolishness is going to help the child bring it under control. It says that uh, the rod of discipline applied properly will bring it under control, drive it from the child's heart. And uh, this is what we were exposed to in the 1950s. I, I, you know, I remember one day coming home and I was crying because Danny was chasing me home from school every day. And my mother just looked at me when I said, you know, he's chasing me home from school. He wants to beat me up. Her response, take another way home. 
<laughs> yeah, take another way home. And I, I remember looking at her and, and going, you know, sort of in my mind, is that all you have to say? <laughs> take another way home. But that was, you know, we were taught to solve our own problems. Right. We were not taught to wallow in emotion, you know, and try to analyze ourselves when we were 10 years old. We, and, and, and we weren't encouraged to do that. And I tell parents all the time, look, I know you're talking to your children about their feelings. And have you noticed, any of you, that talking to your children about their feelings has resulted in them becoming more feeling-oriented? No. The more you talk to a child about his feelings, the more feelings he's going to have. Fantastic conversation. Can't wait to get back into it. But it is time for a break. You're listening to Licensed to Parent, and we're talking with John Rosemond. We'll be back right after this. Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis, is celebrating 20 years of ministry. There have been many distractions in our work through the years as a result of a four-lane highway that divided our land. As a result, plans are underway to develop a whole new campus designed to improve our students' therapeutic experience away from the highway noise, along with up-to-date infrastructure and staff offices, all to help smooth out the day-to-day operations. The five-year, two-phase plan will begin with a new dining hall, followed by two new school buildings, also containing a new studio for licensed to parent. Please consider partnering with us, building together a new and improved Shepherds Hill Academy. Learn more and make your gift today. ShepherdsHillAcademy.org slash building together. That's ShepherdsHillAcademy.org slash building together. And thanks for helping us provide healing to teens in crisis. Hi folks, Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago. Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to His word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. To learn more about Shepherd's Hill, go to LicensedToParent.org. Today, we are talking with John Rosemond. Well, John, how much of this uh, this hocus-pocus, I'll call it, is a result of us buying into the notion that our kids are, are equal? You know, they, they have to be accommodated. Their feelings have to be accommodated. Is the statement, facts don't care about your feelings, too callous for a parent to use when dealing with an overly sensitive child? No, I do a considerable amount of uh, counseling with parents, and uh, one of the things I tell them is that you're too concerned about your children's feelings. 
You're paying too much attention to your children. Uh, your mom and dad full-time. You've forgotten how to be married. Yeah. All of the issues pertaining to the raising of children in these postmodern times, Trace, have become completely jumbled. Uh, I tell parents, look, um, the raising of a child ought to be a part-time job. <laughs> uh, being married is full-time. John, how do parents take that when you say that to them? I like that. It, because of the culture that we're living in, do they say, you're crazy? What are you talking about? We're not seeing you anymore? No, Michelle, they, the, there's a pause, you know, kind of a deer in the headlights pause. And they, yeah. they say, well, you know, John, you're right. I mean, that's just common sense. Uh, but why didn't yeah. it occur to me? You know, and and even in the Christian community, we're allowing the world to take over our lives, and uh, we're not we're not parenting by the book. Uh, We're parenting according to bogus psychological theory. And and you know, going back to your question, Trace, I was in graduate school when the concept of the democratic family, uh, equality between parent and child began being marketed from within the mental health community. But look, if this psychological advice, um, we've been taking our marching orders and the raising of children from psychologists for the last 50 years, if that had worked out, wouldn't the mental health of children be better? And and the answer is yes. But the fact is that the mental health of children is in the toilets, 10 times worse than it was. When, as Michelle said during her introduction, uh, parents went to their parents, uh, their children's grandparents or their pastors or, you know, elders in their communities when it came to uh, parenting advice, people who in many cases didn't have more than a fifth grade education at the time. Well, you know, uh, I really shake up a lot of parents in our parenting weekends here at Shepherd's Hill Academy uh, when I tell them that my own children were third, and the best your kids are going to be with me here at Shepherd's Hill is a, tie, a 30-way tie for fourth. Um, I, I tell them, look, uh, the, the, the Lord is number one, my wife is number two, and my kids have known from the time they could talk that they're number three. I tell them, look, mom's here, was here before you got here, she'll be here when you leave. So that part-time, full-time thing kind of kicks in. They understand it. They're plenty secure in that. If you want your kid to be secure... Help them know that mom or dad is more important than they are. And because someday they're going to have a wife or, or a, a husband that's going to be more important than you are. And they're going to think nothing of it. Absolutely. Yeah, nothing, nothing puts a more solid foundation of security under a child's feet than the knowledge that his parents are in a permanent, committed, vibrant, yep. living relationship. <laughs> so in light of everything we've just been talking about, why then are so many highly educated people uh, you know, who consider themselves modern mental health professionals, why do they consider this a legitimate science and helpful to people? Well, they're trained in graduate school to believe that, that, yeah. that psychology is a science when it's not a science. There's nothing about it that qualifies as a science. It doesn't even qualify to be a licensed profession. Um, there are no practice standards. You go to one psychologist, he practices humanistic psychology. You go to another, he practices behavioral psychology. He disagrees with everything the humanist is doing. 
You go to another, he's a Freudian, he disagrees with the previous two, and yet all three of them have licenses to practice psychology. What is the sense of that? And the answer is there is none whatsoever. These people don't know what they're doing, and what they're doing is uh, verifiably more harmful than helpful. We, as a culture, we need to unplug from these people. They're, uh, they're fakes, and I am one. Not a fake, though. So let me ask you this. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> does true mental illness exist? No, there's no evidence whatsoever that people who have uh, problems with thinking, problems with emotion, problems with behavior are suffering any physiological malady whatsoever. This is a myth, unsubstantiated by good science, consistently so. Uh, but um, the myth lends itself to practices that uh, enrich big pharma. And the mm. mental health industry in America is in bed with big pharma. It's just that simple. So their job is uh, effectively to sell drugs for their overlord. Well, how has the mental health uh, industry concluded that mental illness is a chemical imbalance. Well, there is no such thing as a chemical imbalance. At least no one has ever proven that there is such a thing. The, so it's a theory. The, the, the phrase is used, but it's no more scientific than Aristotle's uh, four humors. In order to ascertain the validity of the concept, uh, you have a biochemical imbalance. What you must first do is you must first ascertain what constitutes within that particular individual or a population of people a biochemical balance. That has never been done, and a leading psychiatrist has said that the term biochemical imbalance is nothing but a metaphor. And uh, it's, it's even worse than a metaphor, it's a lie. Because it persuades people of something that has never been verified scientifically, and that is that there's something physiologically wrong with them that is causing their problems, and that if they take this pill, that uh, they, they can be rebalanced and they won't have these problems anymore. Well, how do you respond to the parent who says, well, call me what you want to, uh, but I'm putting my kid on SSRI because, number one, my doctor told me to. Number two, he's so much more pleasant to be around. And number three, um, he's getting his schoolwork done. How should we respond to that as people who work in the industry? Uh-huh. Uh, the placebo effect is a very powerful and verified effect. And mm -hmm. these drugs, none of them, no psychiatric drug has, this is a, a, an alarming, astounding truth. No psychiatric drug has ever reliably outperformed a placebo in double-blind clinical trials, which means effectively that these drugs are placebos. If they don't outperform placebos, they are in effect placebos. And the placebo effect is very powerful. So if a guy in a white coat hands you a pill or a prescription and says, this is going to make you feel better, the likelihood is, there is some likelihood anyway, significant likelihood, you're going to feel better. I was recently talking with the parents of a nine-year-old boy 
who's having uh, recurring thoughts and repetitive behavior. And uh, nothing that the parents had done, including things that I would have told them to do, had worked. So I said, well, get a prescription bottle and uh, tear the label off, use your printer, (laughs) make a label, and put my name on it, and uh, fill it with uh, generic baby aspirin, and tell the child, who knows me, um, tell the child, John told you to t- tells us to have you take this, that it's going to stop your recurring thoughts. And uh, voila, two weeks later, the kid is having hardly any recurring thoughts at all. Well, there you go. Oh, wow. Yeah, the placebo effect is extremely powerful. Should medications ever be used for anything, ever, for, for a kid? who's having just raging and, and uh, maybe super depressed or, or can't hold his attention? Is there, is there ever a time? No, because these drugs, unlike placebos, unlike baby aspirin, these drugs uh, pose the risk of serious side effects. We see it. And no, you, you don't want to subject your child to that risk. And what they do, by the way, when the drug presents side effects is what one of you described before. The, they prescribe the kid a drug. It begins develop, he begins developing side effects. So they just they prescribe another drug to counter the side effects. But the other drug produces side effects of his own. And pretty soon you get these kids who are on drug salads, and you see this at uh, Shepherd's Hill. Oh yeah, mm. I see it all the time. And the amazing thing is, is we we see them. Just one by one, uh, not needing this, not needing that. I had a kid uh, one time, uh, he was diagnosed with a thing called dysgraphia, where he couldn't write his name, and legibly anyway. And um, he, he started working for Shepherd's Hill in our kitchen to, to make some extra money. And, um, he, you know, I, I gave him a check, and he, uh, he I watched him sign it. And I said, man... I thought you said you had dysgraphia. He says, nope, it was the medications. <laughs> okay, what is the long-term effects on our kids when they are on all these medicines? Well, the long-term effect, Michelle, is that these kids grow up believing that in some way, shape, or form, they qualify as victims. And a person who carries a, a victim mentality into relationships, into a job, uh, is uh, not going to do well because, um, Mm. as a very smart guy named Ben Shapiro said, facts don't care about your feelings. And people who cling to a victim mentality are being, uh, uh, they're submerged up to their necks and their own preoccupation with their feelings. Yeah, it's doing nothing for their character either. John Rosemond, thank you so much for being unlicensed a parent and I think I'm pretty sure I have it on good authority that Trace wants to talk more with you because he has a lot more questions I do too so we'll have you back again soon okay John that sounds wonderful to me you guys have a great day thanks John God bless you our guest today on licensed to parent was John Rosemond you can find out more information on John at his website rosemond.com That's rosemond.com. A couple of months ago, we graduated some incredible kids, and we want to thank you for your help. Your prayers and financial gifts are making all that we do here at Shepherd's Hill possible. 
thank you. You know, the building and construction work continues at our campus, making things better around here for our students and teachers. If you would consider helping us in this effort, we would be so thankful. A donation of any amount would help us tremendously. You can donate online, licensedtoparent.org, and click the donate button. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.